So I want to begin today by sharing with you a hidden secret, a guilty pleasure. I think I have watched every single John Wayne movie ever made, except possibly the early short movies that were made in the late 20s and the early 30s. I admit it. My family thinks it's crazy. At one time, I had a lot of DVDs and VCRs of his movies, and if I had a particular difficult day, part of that would be prayer, but the other part of it would be sitting down and watching a John Wayne movie. Now, there are a lot of great quotes that come out of his movies, in my opinion, but one of the greatest is uh, comes from one of the Rooster Cogburn uh, movies when... Uh, Someone insulted him, and he responded by saying, nobody likes to be called high-smelling and low-down. <laughs> I, I just like that phrase. And uh, I've used that at times. I don't know that I've ever used it perfectly in terms of the timing, but I've always wanted to insert it in when I think that somebody, either through a review or another comment, has said something about me that I didn't appreciate. Well... That humorous reminder brings me to a much more serious topic. Have you ever been hurt by someone deeply? Now, I'm not simply talking about someone said something about that you that tapped your own insecurity and you either imploded or exploded. That's, that's not particularly nice, but I'm talking about to some degree, their actions cost you. Maybe it's something that cost you in marriage or a friendship or a place where you were living or spending time with other people. Maybe you felt that what happened cost you some respect or a job, and, and the issue just simply hurts. And the question rises, how should then we respond. I've, I'm sure I've hurt people that way. I wish I hadn't, but I'm sure that somewhere I have. I pray God's grace fills any of those wounds, but I know that I've been hurt by things that people have said and done, and it's cost me. cost me some ministry, opportunities. At one point, uh, there was a leader of the denomination that made a comment that he didn't particularly want me speaking in any of his churches, conferences, or seminaries, institutions. And his reasons, well, I think they were just theologically narrow, but be that as it may, I happened to like being part of that group, and it, it stung a bit. I think, I think this is something that we need to really think about, because there are occasions when individuals, be it one person or others, not only say something that hurt us, but it to some degree may change the direction of our life and do so rather unexpectedly. Now, one of the things I've said over and over again is that when we have a loss, that every loss in life demands a season of grieving. And I've often, to make the point, added to that whether we've lost our favorite person or we've lost our favorite pen, an appropriate season of grieving is called for. And so even when someone hurts us, 
we have the opportunity to share with God what our feelings are. And we should. We should grieve before God, not lament toward the person that hurt us, but grieve before God in order that we're able to find some peace there. But I've been reading through the New Testament again, and I came upon the passage that we've all read many times that comes at the end of 2 Timothy. And Paul is ending his time talking about first an individual that hurt them, hurt him, and then some people that did not stand with him. And I want to read that text to you. Alexander the metal worker did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. Be on your guard against him because he strongly opposed our message. At my first offense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom, to his glory forever and ever. Amen. This, this, is, a, this is an important passage. I'm not sure I've ever heard anyone preach on it. I know I have never preached on it, but, but there's something here that speaks to our hearts when we have faced this issue of someone that seeks to do us harm, start rumors, uh, cast aspersions, lie, and cost us something, or fail to stand with us at a time when we could have used some support. Paul goes on here, and he, he's quite clear in this letter that this man, Alexander, really did hurt him. But what you see him say is, I've left any payback up to the Lord. I'm not going to try to poke him in the eye. I'm not going to try to, in some way, harm him because he harmed me. He simply says, I put this in Jesus' hands. All I want to say to the rest of you is, be on your guard when you spend time with him, meaning... We've got to be careful as to the degree of vulnerability we're willing to display around someone who has proven themselves to exercise strength for the purpose of harm. But being on your guard in order not to let someone hurt you is very different than you choosing to turn and hurt them back. I know I've mentioned this before, but it's really an, a key principle that Miroslav Volf, the, the theologian, said that it takes two acts for evil to win. The act of evil that's done to me, and then whatever evil response I do in return. And if those two acts are complete, then evil has won the day. However, if we choose not to respond with evil, and we place it in the hands of the Lord, the power of evil is diffused. Now, Paul didn't say that this guy, Alexander, didn't hurt him. He was clear. He did hurt him, and he warned other people that he could be hurtful, but he surrendered what many of us might feel his right to hurt him back and said, Lord, you're going to have to deal with this, and that means surrender 
It also means not looking to see what ill has occurred. Just give it over to God and move on. Not easily done, but I think very, very important. And then he goes on to say that at his first offense, no one stood by him. He certainly was defending himself against the accusations that began clear back in Jerusalem that I think would eventually cost him his life. He even said that people deserted him. Now, this is, I know what this is like a little bit. I really do in a situation that I experienced five years ago in my employment. I know what it feels like to think that people know the wrong that's been done, but out of their own fear, they failed to rise up to support. But this is what Paul says, may it not be held against them. May it not be held against them. It's like, don't keep a record of this, God. He's asking for God's benevolence toward them, even though they weren't there when Paul needed them. Isn't this similar to what happened with Stephen? He's being stoned, and he asked the Father not to hold it against him. And what about Jesus himself at the cross? This is very kingdom-like. Again, I'm sure there's a grieving that went on that Paul wished people would have stood by him, but again, he was able to release that into the hands of the Lord. And he even goes to say that the Lord stood at his side and gave him strength. Boy, doesn't this, remember this story of Stephen? He's being stoned and all of a sudden he looks into heaven And he sees Jesus standing at the throne, not seated, standing, engaged. And here Paul says something very similar. He had this sense that the Lord was there. And it says, and the Lord gave him strength. This is, again, reminiscent of... 2 Corinthians chapter 12, where Paul's talking about having a weakness in God's strength. The Lord's strength is made perfect in weakness. And here he is again. Paul's kind of in a weak spot, and yet the Lord's strength comes with him and to him in that moment. It, it's very important that we see this. And, and Paul goes on to say that the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack. Doesn't mean it's easy. Doesn't mean it won't hurt. And then he says something, something that for a year I've been noting on my hand as I remember certain things that I want to hold every day. Paul says, God will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. This is... This is simply amazing. This ability of Paul to represent for us how we truly respond. Yes, people will hurt us. And yes, it means it does in fact hurt. And how good that we get to grieve, whether it's favorite person or favorite pen. But at the same time, we trust that God is at our side. Paul even went so far to say in Timothy that good has come out of this. The gospel has been proclaimed. The kingdom has advanced. A man hurts him. Others desert him. 
He puts it all in the hands of God. He exercises forgiveness. And then he has this confidence that God stands with him. Isn't this something we need? So I don't want to go into my own story anymore, but to say that I was reading through the Psalms again, and I, whenever there's a Psalm that touches me, I'll, I'll write a particular date by it. So I mentioned that five years ago, I went through a tough spot and things were said and harm was done. And one day, Aaron, my son, called and he gave me this scripture. It comes in Psalm 81, verses 6 and 7. I removed the burden from their shoulders. Their hands were set free from the basket. In your distress you called, and I rescued you. Wow. I remember that grabbing me, that at a time when I was trying to hold on and defend myself and say things were not true, suddenly Aaron gave a perspective that said, there's going to be good come out of this. Somehow God's going to release your hands from a burden you're carrying, and he will rescue you. And now five years later, I can say he truly did. Okay. There's not one of us that likes to be called high-smelling or (laughs) low-down. But there is times will come and we will be hurt. And maybe you've been hurt recently and maybe you've even built a barrier up as a way to protect yourself from further hurt. But this little passage of Scripture from 2 Timothy, it's, it's instructive to us. Oh, Lord, help us respond. The way Paul responds here, the way Stephen responded, the way Jesus did, it's not going to be easy. We need the Holy Spirit to help us. But one thing we know, the promise of Christ by our side can hold us fast. God bless you. Thanks for sharing your time with this. Also, if you get a chance, share Slingstones with a friend or two. We'd love to see this grow until we're together again.